Let's turn to the It is due to the Lord that we have the ability to rejoice. I have one more request from you before you please lift my family up in prayer. They didn't take it as well as I thought they would. My mother, sister, and brother are deeply grieving, and my son also, due to our loss. That's how close he was in our lives. Amen. Amen. Today, I thought I was going to change what God wanted me to say, but God said, no, you. this is what it's all about. And during this time, we need to understand that if he was in Sunday school, that the church is losing its power due to the beliefs and thinking and the pollution that has invaded it. We have got away from the trueness. And we have made it a spectacular event that no longer has what it's supposed to be about. As a matter of fact, you won't even go to church if you don't feel good. And you won't go to a church that don't make you feel good. But it's not about how you feel. It's about what he has done and what he is doing. And when you start to understand some things, that God is in the building business. And see, when you're in the building business, you are the construction. And when you're the construction, you're not going to feel that good. Because God is building the church. And the thing that we got to understand is that it is in His building that He is building you not for today, but where He's going to take you. So that's why I'm going to read it from the Amplified, and I'm going to read from Colossians. And I want you to pay deep attention to what God was up to and still is. One of the things that like we learned in Sunday school Amen. to learn how to have steadfast love you got to be able to love what you don't think you can love. You got to be able to excuse what's being done to you. You got to be able to understand that if you are in Christ Jesus, that you will be under a constant assault. And then it's only through Him that you're going to learn how to love. See, the love we display is some false love. The love that then hurt the church is a false love. The reason why people don't want to come to church is because the church has a false love. 
Because we don't want to love the way he done taught us to love. See, we done justified. Yes, yes. And made excuses through our own feelings that I have a right to act like this. Yeah. Well, the book I read, the church I know, the God I serve, did not say that the way you love is the correct way to love. Because he said, I want you to love the way I done taught you to love. Jesus is building the church. All right. That, that, that's, that's something that, that's, that's deep to me. Yes. That Jesus is building the church. Jesus. He said in Matthew 16 and 18, and I'm reading from the Amplified because I forgot my other Because I was studying it from this and I was supposed to translate it to the NASB, but that's all right. God's got me. Yes, He said, and I tell you, you are Peter, the Patros. A large piece of rock. Yes. And on this rock, a huge rock like Gibraltar. Them words ain't in your body. I will build my church and the gates of Hades, the powers of the infernal region shall not overpower it or be strong to deter it from the detriments, it will be able to hold itself yes. and hold its own. Turn with me to Colossians chapter 1. And let's talk about what Paul says about the church God has built. In Colossians chapter 1, gee, Paul is revealing some absolute truth. Starting at verse 24, Paul says, Even now, I rejoice in the midst of my suffering. Yes, yes. On behalf, see, that's the first time with the church right there. It don't want to suffer. Matter of fact, we preach it ain't even supposed to suffer. But yet still, I keep meeting more and more people that's hurting and suffering. Because they don't even understand why they're supposed to suffer. If you are a child of the living God, and if you're trying to do God's work, according to Paul, he says, in the midst of my suffering, on behalf, he says, and in my own person, I make up whatever is still lacking and remain to be complete. Christ's afflictions for the sake of his body. For the sake of his body. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, y'all need to hear that one more time. Because y'all know his body. Yes, yes, yes. For the sake of his body. 
the church. Paul said, I suffer for the church. Yes. I suffer because this is what Christ called me to suffer for. Now watch this. Y'all need to hear this. I'm already preaching. The church is you. Exactly. 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 Now listen to this. Exactly. Y'all hear this. If the church is you and God got me suffering for you. Y'all, y'all, now your ass has got big. See, that's why I don't tolerate the way we act. Because if I gotta suffer for you, who is the church, then we need to start acting the way God wants his church to act. Okay, hold on. I ain't through with you. In it, I became a minister. This is for my preachers and ministers. In accordance with the divine stewardship, ministers, you going to suffer because you got a stewardship of what God then gave you responsibility to. And you need to quit crying because the people going to come at you. But your suffering is in God's glory. Which was entrusted into me and you for an objection and the benefit. To make the word of God fully known amongst the people. Yes. How many of you know folk don't want to hear the word of God? Matter of fact, Friday and my friend and brothers state my presence offended some people. Because I'm part of the word of God. And I didn't mind them letting me know that your presence is bothering me. And I said, good, because I ain't going nowhere until they take my friend where he needs to be. And if my presence offends you, then I'm sorry. But the word of God. Among 
the hope of his glory. Jesus ain't on the outside. Jesus is on the inside. And you're revealing God's hope to his glory. In other words, you're the church. The church is God's glory. Well, part of it, because the glory of God is his son. And the son is building his church, which makes it God's glory, which should encourage you that you are God's glory. Somebody ought to shout, if I'm God's glory. Well, Pastor, how can I be God's glory? Because the Bible says you are adopted sons and daughters of Christ. Now, you know, say most of y'all don't want to be adopted. Well, I'm adopted. My last name is Christ. Him we preach and proclaim, warning and admonishing everyone the wisdom of God's purpose that we may present every person. Now listen to this. That we may present. See, I'm supposed to help you be presented to God. Now watch what you're supposed to be. Fully mature. Fully grown. Fully initiated and complete and gonna be perfected by Christ Jesus. For this our labor, ministers, in two ways. Now, here's another word. See, I love to have y'all put this in y'all Bible. Ministers. For this our labor, unto weariness. Oh, I'm tired. Oh. Ain't no sir, not a minister called by God. You labor. Under weariness, striving with all superhuman energy. Oh, Jesus. See, ministers, you got superhuman energy. It's called the Holy Ghost. The one that called you. I may be weary. I may be tired. I may not want to keep on going. But inside of me, something will say, get on up. And do it one more time. My heart may hurt. My head may hurt. My body may hurt. I may be weary. But through God's power. Which he so mightily gave unto me. And works, oh Jesus, and y'all got these words in here. Works within me. Because Jesus is building a church. See, I'm not a smart man. And many things about the Bible I have to rely on God to help me walk through some things. 
I don't know what it's like to be a carpenter. Reverend Reed and a few of y'all love being a carpenter. And you don't mind building things or repairing things. So you have that gift to build. But God told me, well, you a builder too. You may not be a carpenter in the sense of wood and nails, but you are a carpenter in building my people. Because a builder has to know what you gotta build. I'm quite sure you carpenters and you people that build stuff, you just don't just walk in not knowing what it's supposed to look like. I don't think you trying to fix stuff if you didn't already know what it was supposed to look like. But see, when you're going to be a child of God, building God's people, you got to know what they're supposed to look like. Mm, I didn't get no amen to do Jesus took his carpenter skills and was determined to build his church. He used the word church the same way it's used in the Old Testament. But on Pentecost, he reversed some stuff. Instead of it coming upon you, he put it on the inside of you. Now, I ain't through with you. Let me tell you why. Because if he put it on the inside, you have no excuse not to use it. It's up to you to use what he put in you. Because he said, I'm going to build my church. But the church got to understand that I'm going to build it from the inside out. I'm not going to try to make you look good from the outside. I'm going to start working on you on the inside. And he says, on the day of Pentecost, I am starting a redemptive work that to come into this world and I'm going to use you and you and you to do the work that I done called you to do. Many of us look at the church as a building. And now we despise the building. Oh, you think I'm laughing at you? No, see, I'm going to give you some really, 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 really recent stuff. But it's been going on, but it's, I'll give you one that doesn't happen Saturday, according to Deacon Sykes. He said, Pastor, the children, the young folk, is so disrespectful that at the funeral, they was acting a total fool right outside the church. I said, that ain't nothing new. They don't have no respect for the church. And the reason why they don't have no respect for the church is because the people that's supposed to be holy in the church is not displaying the holiness that's supposed to be displayed. So if the people that's supposed to be holy don't have no respect, how in the world do you expect the folks that ain't holy to have some respect? You walk around and you talk about it. You walk around and you talk about it and you talk about how much you hate and don't like church people. Well, I gotta check and see that God put his spirit in you. Because if that's true, 
then you need to practice steadfast love because that's what he done done to you. A true church. A true church that Jesus is building is not a physical structure that we are in. This is the gathering place where like people come together and demonstrate the world what it's all about. And hopefully one soul will come in here and say, I felt the love of Christ in this place. And something drew them to the The church is under construction. But if you remember Solomon's temple, it was supposed to be the most magnificent thing on the earth. That's how beautiful it was. Well, my brothers and sisters, inside of you is that temple. You're the most beautiful thing in the world. Come on, talk about it. But you gotta know how beautiful you really are. See, most of you only think you're beautiful when you look in the mirror. But when you look inside of you, you don't feel so beautiful. But those that, that can't stand to look at themselves in the mirror, but if they can look inside of them, then they don't mind being a part of what God done built inside. I'm beautiful from inside out. And I'm not worried about how I look on the outside because I know on the inside that I'm beautiful. So if you ask me to be beautiful, I know how to do God's work. I know how to go reach the lost. I know how to give to the poor. I know how to help somebody. I know how to spread Jesus' work. I may not look good on the outside, but on the inside, the Holy Ghost that fills me where I can do His work. He said, I'm building a church. Yes. And see, the Bible, a true church was not to do what God said to do. The Bible said that John was baptizing. But then when Jesus came along, Jesus baptized more than what John was baptizing. And then, like we like to do, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, they went to John and said, John, Jesus is doing more than what you were doing. And John knew how to do what he needed to do. John bowed down and let them know the man you talking about, I'm not worthy to even believe the sandals that he has because he is the one that has come. See, the Holy Ghost, we don't have no excuse not to do nothing. We just got to want to do something. Yes. That's why our church got to be evangelistic in its work. Right. You can't sit in your see, watch this. God did all right. All right. Jesus. All right. All right. See, this is what the church do. Y'all ready? ready? I hear it all the time. Well, we need to get out from these four walls. And I look at them. And I say, did you leave? Then the church that went outside the four walls. Because it ain't the four walls. It's the church. It's the church in you going out there doing what it's supposed to do. It's the church in you 
going out there when you leave the meeting place with the church and you are you opening up your mouth and changing somebody's life you keep yelling we gotta get outside the four walls where every time your feet walk out the door the church went with you are you doing what the church is supposed to do are you telling somebody about the one that you heard are you telling somebody I know somebody that can help you do your thing. Are you telling somebody about the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords? Are you telling somebody that Jesus is building the church on the inside? See, Satan did this to you. He got you in here and yelled, oh yeah, that's the church. Oh no, it ain't. If this burned down, I'm still the church. If this gets shook up by an earthquake, I'm still the church. If a tornado come on by and tear up, I'm still the church. When we become evangelistic, we'll start saving some souls. When we start reaching into folks' lives, we'll start to change some things. The problem with us today, Satan done gave you a bad, a bad, a bad news that you ain't supposed to listen to. That's what your Sunday school lesson was all about. It was telling you how they were telling the church what they ain't and who they ain't. Well, I'm here to tell you, if you know who you are, if you don't mind talking about somebody, if you don't, if you know the man that's above every man, if you know the man that every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess, if you know the man that when you was in your bad times, in your sick times, in your broke times, when times are so hard that you couldn't even see the light of day, do you know the man that one day came into your life and told you that I'm going to take this month and burn and turn it around and the taste of hell will not prevail because no matter what comes at you, no matter how much you got to suffer, no matter how bad it is, no matter how bad life looks, if it just don't mind no, but hey, 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 hey. I'm sorry, but I gotta preach. See, I gotta preach. I gotta tell the truth. I gotta preach. If you don't mind, I gotta proclaim him. See, there's nothing left you got that you gonna run in your house and think that's gonna protect you from what you need to do. You're gonna run in your house. I don't need to go to the church field. Well, the more Satan can keep you by yourself, the more he gonna eat you up. And then you gonna be sitting there telling everybody, I don't need to go to the church house. I don't need to do this. I don't need to do that. Well, I got news for you. My savior.
to the church house. He was there every Sunday. He was there every Saturday. He was there telling them about this. See, my Savior, he said, do as I taught you to do. And when you learn that the church is you, but you got to do what he did. He said, I come to do as my father do. We supposed to do as he do. That's why our spirit supposed to match his spirit. And we supposed to rejoice. And we supposed to be happy. And we not happy as in nothing's wrong. But happy because I'm saved.
missionary. And some of you need to be a missionary right in your front door. Some of you need to be a missionary right in your living room. Some of you need to be a missionary right in your bedroom. Some of you need to be a missionary right in your bathroom. Some of you need to be a missionary right in your garage. Some of you need to be like your children's bedroom. And you're not a missionary. But you're not trying to run around. You know what you ain't supposed to do. We say, clean your house. And make it right. Then you can go and do what you need to do. With the church that Jesus has built, do what it's supposed to do. We'll change this world. One child, one adult, and one person at a time. Then Jesus says that I'm building my church from within. I know this is foreign to y'all because we ain't preached it in about 50 years. We so busy trying to build the external that we not building the internal. The household of faith is too busy trying to look good instead of be good. Paul urged the Corinthian church strive to excel in building up the church. In Ephesians, he tells us that the church is for. The church is for. The church is for. If you want to know what the church is for, read book of Ephesians. It'll tell you what the church is for. I didn't say read the Old Testament. That's the temple and the synagogue. I said read Ephesians so you will know what the church is for. Paul says to us, the church is the body of Christ building up until it attains the unity of the faith. Obtain the unity of the faith. The reason why we meet together is we must work on being unified in the faith. See, we ain't unified in the faith. Our faith depends on what we want. But true faith is under the unity and the option of the Holy Spirit. And it says, and the knowledge of the Son of God. To mature manhood, to become a measure of the status of the fullness of Christ, so that we will no longer be children. Talk to and fro with itching ears and won't appeal to our flesh. You don't need to work because if you are with Christ, you know how to resist the world then you can walk in his glory and you become the church that is mature and what God wants you to do. You don't worry about every wind and doctrine. You worry about the foundation of the book of God that has led you, taught you, and grown you. 
when you want to be the church, then you're going to grow into the fullness of who he says you're going to be. You're going to start believing the right stuff. See, I hear y'all, and I'm not listening to y'all. See, the greatest blessing that you should want is not stuff and things. Because if you want to be blessed, the greatest blessing that you should want to obtain is how close can I get to God and walk with him and talk to him. Because when you are walking with him, you are blessed by him. When you are with him, you are blessed through him. When you praise in him, you are blessed because of him. See, when you understand that you want the true blessing, it don't have to be silver. It don't have to be gold. It don't have to be a Mercedes. It don't have to be a mansion. It don't have to be nothing on this earth. Just let me be close. And it tells us we won't be tossed to and fro by every wind and doctrine. And here's the problem. And the cunning of men. Satan knows his Bible better than you do. And he knows how to make it sound better than you do. And through his craftiness and deceitfulness, he will try to change you. But the Bible says, if you just hang in there, the church shall not go through hell because the gates will be prevented from invading you. That's why the church has to become a school of Christian discipleship. It's not just you got saved. We got to teach you how to be saved. It's not that you don't have eternal life. We got to get you prepared for eternal life. When we send you to Mead and Jordan and East High and all these, and Wichita State and all these other schools, they're preparing you for what you want to be. Well, God is preparing you and building you up for what he wants you to be. Because one day it's going to come that you're going to be through with this world. And he said, yeah, I'm going to transfer you to another world. And I want you to be ready for that world. This world is temporal. That's going to be permanent. And if you understand that you just passing through and you getting ready to go on on the other side. And the Bible said, those that remain babies, those that remain unlearned, the angels will have to teach them when they get there. But if you decide to grow up right now in Christ Jesus, God said, I'm going to reward you. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to open up the windows of heaven in you so that you and I'm through with you. But I do have one more thing to say. The church in Acts was built for us. Peter references so much when he knows Jesus. Get away from me. I'm a sinful man. 
I don't deserve what you're telling me you want me to do. Peter said, I'm unworthy to do what you have called me to do. But see, when you learn what to do, then you'll start to be blessed in what to do. Jesus said, I'm going to build my church and my people are going to learn to pray. One of the things that I loved about Friday night is when my friend would meet me here. He didn't have to stay home and pray. He came to the church to pray. And we prayed for you. And we prayed for ourselves. He was willing to suffer for the sake of the church. And he understood that in the book that God then called us to pray. But I noticed something about the Bible that we done got to the point where we won't do it no more. The Bible says that when Jesus tore the veil and he opened up all of heaven to us. We don't need a mediator anymore to get to the throne room of God. However, I noticed something about the church that whenever trouble hit, the church wasn't at home. The church was at the gathering place. When Peter and it was in jail, they weren't at home. They was at the gathering place. When stuff hit, they wasn't at home talking about I don't need to be there. They was all together generating the power of the Holy Ghost. They prayed so hard that the God opened up the jail and they walked out and they were sitting there praising God and they were sitting there praying and beat a back on the door because of them coming together as the church prayed. Oh, y'all, y'all talking about God's folks. All this stuff we know isn't God. The church was created for us to be together. The church was created for you to become a family. We don't want y'all to be our relatives. I don't want you to be my cousin. I got my own cousin. No, I ain't got them no more. I got some new cousins. The church is supposed to be a family of a body of believers. But see, this is what I loved about my brother. This is what I loved about him. See, God already told me about his eulogy. I already got his eulogy in my heart. And this is what you don't want to hear. He said the church is what he said in Proverbs. A friend is closer than a brother. Amen. Amen. But when you got a good friend, they become closer yes. 
than a brother. I got a lot of good friends. And I also got a lot of brothers. But I got some biological brothers. They're not as close as my friends. We might have been under the same roof, but we didn't go through the same hell as with my friends. They had their own path. I had my path. But the friends that went with me became my brothers. Now y'all know the game life. They teach it well. They do it better than the church. Because when you become a part of a game, they become your brothers. They do anything for their brothers. They do it better than we do. And we supposed to have the Holy Spirit in us. They, we need to go study them and learn how to do it in here. Because they do it better than us. If they need something, they make sure they get it. But when we need something, oh no, thank God, I got a problem with that. Because a friend, these are both to be my brothers. These are my sisters. See, because when it's all said and done, what I love is supposed to love. They might get there. But what I'm supposed to love through him will be there. And if I can love you here, I'm going to be able to love you up there. If I'm supposed to practice it up there, then I gotta do it down here. The church is supposed to be, this is the gathering place. Because we are all the church. My brothers and sisters, I'm here to encourage you. I'm here to help you. Because God is saying, you have to bring this thing together. I know you got a family. But my family is supposed to be your family. And it's going to be greater than what you ever thought. Amen. And it's hard to love you deep. It's hard to like you anyway. It's hard, Corey, to forgive you. It's hard to let you talk about me. It's hard. But with steadfast love. That's right. I can love. Amen. I can love. And when I can love, I can worship. And when I can worship, I can pray. And when I can pray, I can enter the throne room of Christ. And here's the beauty of it. No light, no angel, no principality, no thing can ever separate me from the love of God that I have had with Deacon Stephen. We ain't separated. He just beat me going. Oh, I see.
church? Yes. Somebody say I'm in the church. I'm in the church. Well, don't, don't say it too loud. <laughs> I don't want heaven to go. Mm. <laughs> Let me rephrase it. I'm trying to be the church. Say that. <laughs> but say, and we know this. Y'all love this saying, but you use it for excuse. God ain't through with me yet, so you keep acting like the devil. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah, we'll use it. Come on! You know when you act like the devil and somebody say something to you, God ain't through with me yet. And you keep on acting like the devil. How mistaken is that? Y'all bring all these mess. Oh, I know there's one thing that I'm supposed to say. I got one more thing I'm supposed to say. Here it is. Jesus is the divine carpenter at work in our midst. He comes to meet us. Now, here's where the problem is He comes to meet us, speak to us, correct us commission us, and encourage us. If you're not yet one of those disciples, the doors of the church is open. And let him begin a good work in you. Let him command your life. And let him become your teacher and your guide and your instructor. Amen. This church, when I preach, let's go. God is saying, let's go. And whatever we got to go through, just keep on coming. When God is preparing us, my friend, my brother did not leave us in vain. He left because he knew we was on the right path. And he knew that we don't get it. So let's go. God is calling right now. He said, come on. He said, come on. Come on.